Okay, so today's story is called, Mon- it's from the Monster Stories book, I should say, and it's from um, the Scales and Tales section. It's the third book, third story, and it is called Philip the Dragon Slayer. And it's written by E. Nesbitt. And this is from a chapter of The Magic City, if you have read that book by E. Nesbitt. I don't know if you have or not, but it's in this book. And so we're going to read it. And it is read today by Mommy and... Whoa, really? Again? Okay, cool. All right, cool. Um, But it's about a boy named Philip. And I know a little boy named Philip, and so I'm excited to read it. Here we go. Philip has found himself shrunken and trapped with his stepsister, Lucy, inside a city that he has built out of his bricks and toys. The other toys have asked him to kill a dragon. Philip was left alone. His first act was to go up to the top of the tower and look out to see if he could see the dragon. He looked east and north and south and west. Something was moving, something long and jointed and green. It could be nothing but the dragon. Oh, crikey, said Philip. Whatever shall I do? Perhaps I'd better see what weapons there are. So he ran down the stairs till he came to the vaults of the castle. And there he found everything a young dragon slayer could possibly need. Even a little red book called The Young Dragon Catcher's Guide. The top of the tower seemed the safest place. It was there that he tried to read the book. The words were very long and most difficultly spelt, but he did manage to make out that all dragons sleep for one hour after sunset. And then he heard a loud rattling sound from the ruin, and he knew it was the dragon who was making that sound. As he looked, he started, and then he said in amazement, that old thing? Then he looked again, and this is what he saw. An enormous green dragon, very long and very fierce looking, that rattled as it moved, rubbing against itself, rubbing itself against the fallen pillars. And the reason Philip laughed was that he he knew that dragon very well indeed. It was the clockwork lizard that had been given to him the Christmas before last. Philip remembered that he had put it in one of the cities he had built, only now, of course, it had grown big and had come alive like all the other live things that he had put in his cities. But he saw that it was still a clockwork creature. Its key was sticking out of its side. It was rubbing itself against the pillars so as to turn the key and wind itself up. But this was not half done when the dry, when the sun set. The dragon instantly lay down and went to sleep. 
Well, said the dragon slayer, now I've got to think. He did think, harder than he had ever done before. And when he had finished thinking, he went down into the vault and got a long rope. Then he stood still a moment, wondering if he were really brave enough. He went out in the dusk towards the dragon. He knew it would sleep for an hour. There it lay, about ten or twelve yards of solid, dark dragon flesh. Its metal claws gleamed in the last of the daylight. Its great mouth was open, and its breathing, as it slept, was like the sound of the sea on a rough night. He walked along close to the dragon till he came to the middle part where the key was sticking. Philip fastened one end of his rope very securely to the key while the dragon lay quite still. And in the picture, we can see the dragon's key sticking out the back of his, of his, his side. And it, it is actually kind of funny looking. That, that kind of dragon would be so dangerous when all you have to do is twist him to get him to go. Let's see. <clears throat> then the dragon slayer fastened the other end of the rope to the main wall of the ruin, which was very strong and firm. You see the idea? It was really rather a clever one. When the dragon woke up, it would find that it was held prisoner by the rope. It would be furious and try to get free, and in its struggles, it would be certain to get free. But this it could only do by detaching itself from its key. And once the key was out, the dragon would be unable to wind itself up anymore, and it would be as good as dead. It was, as you see, an excellent plan, as far as it went. Then the dragon woke up. Philip could see the great creature stretching itself and shaking its vast head as a dog does when it comes out of the water. And now the dragon saw the princess, who had been placed at a convenient spot about halfway between the ruins and Philip's tower. It threw up its snout and uttered a devastating howl. Ooh, there's a princess in this story, too. <laughs> and Philip felt with a thrill of horror that clockwork or no clockwork, the brute was alive and desperately dangerous. It had perceived that it was bound with great heavings and throes and snortings and bellowings and it was scratching and tearing of its great claws and lashing of its terrible tail. It fought to be free. Then what Philip had known would happen did happen. With an echoing, grinding, rusty sound, the key was drawn from the keyhole and left still fast to its rope like an anchor to a cable. Then something happened that Philip had not foreseen. He had forgotten that before it fell asleep, the dragon had partly wound itself up. Its struggles had not used up all the winding. With the yell of 
fury it set off across the plain, wriggling its green, rattling lengths towards the princess. Now there was no time to think whether one was afraid or not. Philip went down those stairs more quickly than he'd ever done, ever gone downstairs in his life. He put his sword over his shoulder and ran. Like the dragon, he made straight for the princess. And now it was a race between him and the dragon. Philip ran and ran. His heart thumped. His feet had that leaden feeling that comes in nightmares. Keep on, keep on, faster, faster. You mustn't stop. How he did it, Philip never knew. But with a last spurt, he reached the pillar where the princess stood bound. The dragon was 20 yards away, coming on and on. Oh my goodness, friends, we can see in the picture. The princess is actually bound to a pillar. She's, which means, what do you, do you know what that means if someone is bound to something? It means that she's been tied up onto the pillar. Who tied her there? I don't think we can tell you because it doesn't say in this part of the story. But, oh my goodness. I don't think I would want to be tied up in front of a big dragon, especially if the dragon likes to eat princesses. Let's see what happens. Philip stood quite still, recovering his breath. And more and more slowly, but with no sign of stopping, the dragon came on. Behind him, where the pillar was, Philip heard the princess crying very softly. Then the dragon was quite near. Philip took three steps forward, took aim with his sword, shut his eyes, and hit as hard as he could. Then something hard and heavy knocked him over, and for a time, he knew no more. When he came to himself again, Mr. Noah was patting him on the back, and all the people were shouting like mad, and beside him lay the dragon, lifeless and still. Oh, said Philip, did I really do it? You did indeed, said Mr. Noah. However, you may succeed with the other deeds. You are definitely the hero of this one. And now, if you feel well enough, prepare to receive the reward. Oh, said Philip, brightening. I didn't know there was to be a reward. Only the usual one, said Mr. Noah. The princess, you know. Philip became aware that a figure in a white veil was standing very near him, and round its feet lay lengths of cut rope. The princess is yours, said Mr. Noah. But I don't want her, said Philip, adding by an, off adding by an afterthought. Thank you. That's not my affair, said Mr. Noah. She's waiting for you to take her by the hand and raise her veil. Must I? said Philip miserably. Well, here goes. He took a small cold hand in one of his and with the other lifted very gingerly the corner of the veil. 
the other hand, the princess drew back the veil and... Oh, very good question. A veil is something that people will um, sometimes wear over their faces. It's kind of usually um, a thin material that just kind of covers their face. Like a bride sometimes wears that um, over her face when she's getting married. Um, and another way of putting a veil, veils sometimes cover doorways, kind of like a curtain. There's lots of things you can do with a veil, but it's just a really thin piece of material. Okay. The dragon slayer and the princess were face to face. Why? Cried Philip. It's Lucy. And I'm going to guess, I think they said at the beginning that Lucy is his sister, I think. Yeah, his stepsister. And it's good to know that he has found her. And that is the end of that story. The end.